episode, we're going to be chatting with Lily Reyes. She's a sex therapist practicing here in the New York City area. The topic of sex in general is mm-hmm. still taboo, mm-hmm. has always been taboo, is still taboo, and there's a lot of misconceptions with what a sex educator, sex counselor, uh, intimacy coach, and so on, mm-hmm. what they do. I guess I'll start off with saying what the sex therapist does not do. <laughs> <laughs> we, we watch those movies where they have like the person who's helping them out. Right? Yeah, they're, they're really helping them. They're, they're in it. And you're like, mm. So I'll, I'll start with what the sex therapist is not. Uh, so a sex therapist does not and is, is not a person, a professional who meets with an individual or a couple and physically puts their hands on the individual <laughs> mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. couple. Yeah. It has nothing to do with hands-on. It's typically a, an office space. It's a very professional environment. Mm-hmm. There is the the professional, usually a coffee table, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then a couch, you know, so mm-hmm. you want to definitely start building that boundary. Talking about sex is extremely um, uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's nerve-wracking. And you... We basically, the general population doesn't have, they don't really have anyone to go to and, mm-hmm. and you know, talk mm-hmm. about, you know, anything from minor to major. And a lot of times it's very minor and people think it's major, big you know. Deal, yeah. But it, at the end of the day, it's all normal stuff. Mm-hmm. So an example of someone who would come to see, who would see a sex therapist would range from, you want to spice up your love life, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. to... um a woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer and let's say she had a, a, a mastectomy and now her partner is freaked out. I don't know where to touch her. I don't know mm-hmm. how to touch her. I'm scared to hurt her. Mm-hmm. So they would a couple like that would benefit from mm-hmm. a sex therapist. Another individual that could benefit from a sex therapist is if they're having, let's say, orgasmic disorder or and where they're having difficulty um, achieving orgasm is a wide spectrum, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. just yeah. to give you some examples. What, That's what, great. Train, what training does a sex therapist have? So you need to have a certain amount of continuing education hours. I did 120 continuing education um, mm-hmm. hours uh, where I was supervised by Dr. Uh, Susan Lee. Unfortunately, she passed away, I, I believe, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful that I was able to, mm-hmm. to study work, with her. Study yeah. with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Su- uh, Dr. Ricky Siegel. And so there we learn about how to treat sexual dysfunctions like, you know, erectile dysfunction, uh, rapid ejaculation, vaginismus, um, any type of orgasmic disorder, and just how to... Um, how to talk to your clients about sex. So you would um, do the training mm-hmm. and then you would need supervision hours to be to become a certified sex therapist. So with the supervision hours, you would meet with couples or individuals or you could do consultation and then you would report that to your supervisor and that's how you accumulate hours. And then it's like a, a pretty long uh, procedure where you submit uh, your application to ASEC, which is the American Association of Sex educators, counselors, and therapists. Wow. And they're the ones that do the, the certification process. It's like a three-year process or something. It, it, it could take about three years, I want to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. It depends on how many um, continuing education courses you take mm-hmm. um, yeah. head on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So give us an example of a, of a couple you've worked with and helped with. Mm-hmm. I was working with a couple or, or a woman who came in to see me 
because she was suffering from depression um, and she was suffering from anxiety. Mm-hmm. And through all the assessment, we learned that she had suffered um, childhood sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And so she was a 30 year old woman, was um, a virgin. She had never participated in any, any type of sexual intimacy and she got married. So in the course of marriage, when they would try to, you know, engage in in sexual activities, Mm -hmm. she discovered that she was unable to physically insert, like they were unable to physically insert the penis into her vagina. Mm -hmm. And the husband described it as, you know, it was a wall. It was a brick, brick wall. It must be Mm -hmm. so difficult. Oh, man. Right. And so they had been married for several months and they hadn't been able to consummate the marriage. And so I was able to treat her Mm-hmm. Um, and what usually we, we have a lot of tools that we learn and, um, mm-hmm. and, and I was able to treat her by using, provide, um, recommending that she use these dilators and then throughout the course of treatment, she was finally able to, um, transition from different sizes of the dilators mm-hmm. and then eventually they were able to consummate the marriage. The symptoms of depression, <laughs> symptoms of anxiety, wow, <laughs> all cured, <she's> cured, <laughs> oh, went away, uh, all subsided, and um, they are in their honeymoon. Now. Oh, that's oh. wonderful! After or you know, almost two years of being married. Wow. And so, so was the husband part of the therapy with the, with the wife? So initially, he he was not, and then I recommended that he came in. Mm-hmm. So then, um, sex therapists are really known for. Um, encouraging couples to participate in what's called sensei focus dates and it was discovered by um masters and johnson's back in like the 60s and it's Mm -hmm. it's still widely used Mm -hmm. and basically it's where what i would do is i i would encourage i I told the husband to come in and then i explained to them what they were going to do at home Mm -hmm. so they would pick a date and they would uh, take turns mas- giving each other massages, but not touching. There's there'll be no genital touching. So it's just massaging their entire bodies, taking turns, and just using their their hands mm-hmm. as as eyes, and mm-hmm. then just guiding um, their their fingertips, their hands mm-hmm. all over um, their bodies. And so little by little, I would I would encourage them to participate in the sensei focus dates. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like it took like three months, maybe four months before they even started like genital touching and then it took some time until they even started you know even the the idea of 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 participating in penetration but then they one day they came into the session and they said we did it (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing that's amazing that's like a a true success story yeah yeah sex is a taboo subject as you mentioned and so like who do we talk to it about you know our friends but you know, and even if we were to go to a doctor, mm-hmm. they probably don't. You can't really sit down for a, an extended period of time to talk to them. Not at all, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's there's so many things involved in it in terms of our emotions and our beliefs. Our so upbringing, re- you yeah. know, yeah. So to, to, to really have somebody that you could trust and talk to and who's, who has an, an area of expertise in that, um, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're mentioning, you know, speaking to your doctor about it, they don't have the time, unfortunately. You know, mm-hmm. they, they don't really have the time. So usually uh, if uh, someone like my my um, my client would go to an OBGYN and try to get an, an exam, they wouldn't be successful. So the OBGYN would say, oh, just buy yourself some, some dilators and you'll be fine. That Without any explanation right. or what's up? What the hell is a dilator? <laughs> right, 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 right. So basically it's just... Um, 
it, there really is there there aren't many outlets for for people to 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 talk to about mm-hmm. any concerns or or questions or yeah. questions you know and it's like it's like teenagers you know mm-hmm. we grow up not talking about it and then we have a lot of misconceptions right, you know right. if we never got the the facts right then we we're going to continue on with that belief like definitely you know yeah. it doesn't count if she's on top she won't get pregnant right right <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean i know growing up sex we did not talk it was you will not have it ever or at least until you're 30 Mm-mm. and so i you know i still don't feel totally comfortable talking now obviously she knows i'm having sex now but mm-hmm. i don't feel totally comfortable talking to my mom about that stuff <laughs> and your friends you might feel comfortable with them but they they're reading the same dumb cosmo articles as me you mentioned a couple of times dilators dilators can, yeah. can you for people who don't know what that is can you so describe guess, that a little i guess the best way to describe it they're they're different um i guess if you would they have different sizes uh, typically about five different and they, they mm-hmm. look like you could picture one the size of a sharpie the other one the size of a highlighter the other one, the size of a maybe like a baby cucumber, and mm-hmm. and, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So the person who um, suffers from vaginismus will start off with a small one, and then transition into the bigger one, and and where they will insert the dilators into into the the vagina, and then progressively move on to the the biggest mm-hmm. the biggest dilator, and then eventually will substitute the dilators uh, for the partner's penis. Are they where? Where can one purchase these things? Does Amazon. a doctor <laughs> Am- Amazon? <laughs> Since we have the privilege of having Lily, our, our sex therapist specialist, in the house today, we got some questions from our listeners, and one of the more popular themes I, I noticed was folks that were happily married or happily in relationships, but they really wanted to know how do we keep that spark alive? How do we keep the intimacy that we had when we first kind of when we were first dating? And that actually resonated a lot with me because I know, you know, Juan and I are having our first baby in the fall. So I'm a little scared that the sex is going to go out the window once we have a a crying newborn in the other room. So I thought maybe what better question to ask the the, the special, what better question to ask the expert today? (laughs) Well, definitely. That's definitely a common um, question and concern for many couples, right? Because the truth is that you know, as, as the longer you're together, you know, the, the easier it is to fall off. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you guys, you guys talk, you talk about the sweatpants and the right. Amazon, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. from lingerie to granny panties. Yep. Right. The best way to spice it up and, and, and not, and, and not fall off is to communicate, right. Mm-hmm. Talk to each other and not be afraid to talk about, you know, hey, it's been a really long time since you've caressed mm-hmm. me here or since you've kissed me this way or, you know, ma- making sure that you guys are demonstrating that mm-hmm. or showing each other that you're still priority. Right. So, for example, it's going to get tough when you have to change diapers <laughs> and you have to <laughs> rotate on, you know, the bottles mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And who's going to stay up this night? But it's also it's very important to maintain that connection between the two of you, mm-hmm. whether it's sending each other uh, a text during the day saying, hey, babes, I miss you or I love you. Or whether it's um, a little sticky note by the mirror in the uh, of the bathroom. Right. Or whether it's giving each other that 20 minute 
present being present and looking at each other in their eyes and in the eyes and, and talking about how your day went you know not looking at your phone not texting not on twitter or mm-hmm. instagram and just being fully present and showing the your partner that you really care and that you're giving them that attention at the moment you know or making sure to have date night mm-hmm. it has to be mm-hmm. a priority some people say oh we don't have that luxury so then fine three hours of just mm. together mm-hmm. without any distractions you know um maybe a bubble bath together or get a bottle of champagne and jump in a bubble bath you know mm-hmm. give each other a massage um we have a routine we develop a routine right and typically people engage in sexual activities after a long day of work right you're super exhausted you're tired and you know it, it's it's kind of hard to <laughs> to have that that uh, mm-hmm. or, you know like the desire to engage in sexual activity so why don't you challenge each other and try doing it like on a saturday afternoon or a sunday morning or you know when you're when you have the most energy right, just doing right. something different and if you don't have the means to go out on date night walk in the park a picnic who's going to who's going to set up the 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 snacks or you know the sandwiches just mm. doing things differently and talk to each other what happens to couples when sex no longer becomes a priority when sex no longer becomes a priority or when you when your partner no longer becomes a priority the individual feels like they don't feel significant and significance is an actual need that that human being is not just something you want it's mm. an actual need you mm. need to feel significant and when you don't feel significant you know it's a part of my friend you feel like crap mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you don't feel loved you don't feel wanted you you know you you don't feel even for, for women you know we won't feel sexy mm-hmm. um for the man you know he he, he won't feel sexy either mm-hmm. you know wanted and and so it's you're in trouble you run into trouble mm. honestly you run into trouble i i actually have another question for you i wonder if you could share a little bit about what, what made you want to do this sort of work mm-hmm uh, yeah, great question, everyone. <laughs> not everyone, actually. Sometimes people ask me. But um, I think the concept or the notion of it uh, started in high school. Mm-hmm. I had a really great health teacher, and she did really well with um, sex, providing sex ed, and she had a great impact on me. And I remember thinking, I, I want to have the same impact on others. Mm-hmm. And then one thing led to the other. And then in undergrad, I found out that there was such thing as a sex therapist. And, and I've always been in the helping field and always wanted to make changes in others' lives. And, and I found out, you know, what I had to do mm-hmm. <laughs> to to get there. And then definitely I remember, like you mentioned earlier, um, being depending where you come from with a culture and, you know, I think, Growing up in in New York, you know, it's definitely taboo in the schools, and if you're from like a religious mm-hmm. background, so talking about sex is is so hard. And and I figured it's it's kind of like paradoxical, right? You mm-hmm. can't talk about it. You can't talk about it, but it's everywhere, right? You know. Um, but I just felt that it's the reason we're here. Yeah, <laughs> our survival <laughs> depends on it, our very existence. It's the reason we're here. I like working with couples. And so, yeah, why not? And it's a very, very much needed field, very important field. I, you know, I'm curious about you You work with people who have different cultural beliefs about mm-hmm. sex mm-hmm. and values. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you work with that? Well, the first thing to do um, is always be mindful that, 
you know, I have to respect their beliefs, their wishes, and not try to impose any of my personal beliefs, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. um, on them and just be completely non-judgmental of what they're saying, what they believe, and then be mindful of my language and how mm-hmm. I present and deliver an idea or um, how I or how I'm going to, you know, encourage them to participate in a certain activity. Mm-hmm. And if they say no, you know, I would probably just say, are you open to you know, exploring a different type of perspective or, and if they say no again, I'll just, you know, I just leave Mm -hmm. it alone, Mm -hmm. you know, just leave it alone. But there are many times where, you know, sex therapists have to reach out to other individuals in the community. For example, if you were working with like an Orthodox Jew, you would have to reach out to a rabbi and ask permission, like the, the, the client would have to reach out to the rabbi or even sometimes the sex therapist will have to speak to the rabbi and mm-hmm. ask permission for the couple to do certain things in the bedroom. What happens in a couple if, if one person wants to try something and the other person doesn't? Ooh, good That's question. Good <laughs> 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 I always bring it back to, are you motivated to be together? Mm-hmm. Are you motivated to make this work? Right? Mm-hmm. Do you, How much do you want to make it work? Right? And then just bringing it back to... Um, putting yourself in, in your partner's shoes and really just being transparent with yourself and asking yourself, you know, what's the what's the worst that could happen if you try this? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the worst that could happen if you don't try it? You know, I'm listening to you and it, this isn't so different than couples therapy without the issues of sex present. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really the foundation of a good relationship is open communication you know, the commitment to really want to be with each other and being open-minded. So I think it's been great to chat with you and, and maybe demystify a lot of, you know, misconceptions about sex therapy right. that you're not getting in the bedroom and, and <laughs> choreographing people <laughs> or, or telling, you know, Juan, put your hand here and this, that, the other. It's, um, it's, it's you know, very much a, for, a form of therapy and so, so Lily, I'm just wondering what what are people's reactions when they find out what you do? So usually, uh, the response I get it's it's you know the eyebrows raised like oh <laughs> sex therapist, <laughs> and typically if it's a male, you know, I'm not trying to say anything negative about <laughs> men, but, but um, it'll be like oh sex therapist, uh, when can I come see you? <laughs> oh man, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like a, a being a pickup line, and I'm right. like. Then I turn it back and I'm like, I'm so sorry to hear that. You need to see a sex therapist? What seems to be the problem? There's a difference between sex therapist and sex surrogate. Uh-huh. There's a su- there's such thing as a sex surrogate. Okay. Um, and it's legal in certain states. I think it started like it legal in California. And I remember when I was doing, uh, I was participating in a course um, in, in grad school. Um, one of the professors spoke about a, a, a client that he had. He was a sex therapist. He spoke about a client he had. He was like about a 40-year-old virgin mm-hmm. and had never been intimate with a woman before, mm-hmm. was extremely shy, still lived with his mom. And so he referred him to a sex surrogate. And so this sex surrogate, what she did was she basically met with him a couple of sessions. She would meet with him and she did an assessment. You know, first she she spoke to the therapist um, to get some background and then she did an assessment herself and then it just started in it's in a in let's say a matter of a weekend she starts off with education mm-hmm. this is what a woman's body looks mm-hmm. like these are breasts mm-hmm. these are you know so on and so forth and then they will go out to a bar or a social setting 
or it doesn't necessarily be a bar, but a social setting, and she'll kind of like edge them on, and be like, "Hey, I want you to go talk to that girl. I want you to go do this," mm. and then eventually they would engage in intercourse, um, and so that he could have his first experience. Mm-hmm. And it's a strictly professional. Um, uh, well, I, w- I don't want to say it's kind of professional. Kind of goes out the window when you <laughs> when <laughs> the line's like, a little blurred there. Yeah, right, when you engage in mm-hmm. sexual um, behavior, but that's just that's just me, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I I did interview in 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 undergrad, yeah. well, well in grad school, um, a sex surrogate, and you know she she was very professional about it. She's like, you know, I, I meet with my clients. I want to help people. Mm. Something that seems like a common thread with um, uh, the work of a sex surrogate and a sex therapist, though, is you know the educational component, the creating a safe, non-judgmental space, mm-hmm. and you know providing inc- non-judgmental encouragement and kind of um, really coaching. Right. So so even though you're doing kind of two different things, there's that premise where. You know, I'm thinking about the 40-year-old virgin you mentioned, mm-hmm. and, you know, you must get to a certain age where it's like, you know, I'm too old to, and I'm thinking of the movie a little bit too, but <laughs> I'm too old to go out there and lose my virginity, and what will someone think if I tell them, and mm-hmm. I'm so clumsy, I don't know where people like to be touched, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So providing that space where it's, you know, you're open and educating and mm-hmm. giving the person the tools and the confidence so they can... Go on and get married and have kids. I think that's mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I remember reading about this one Native American tribe, um, and um, the that was part of a rite of passage where they would have for the boys, where they would have a woman teach them how to have sex. Oh, uh, yes, that, that's happened to some of the gentlemen in my family. <laughs> So, <laughs> they call those prepagos in, in my language. Maestra. <laughs> so, <laughs> what movie was that in? Oh, and John Leguizamo in Freak, I think his first play, uh, yeah. his dad takes him to, to a, a woman, yeah. an older German woman. Mm. <laughs> He's slightly traumatized speaking of movies i think about meet the fuckers right oh my goodness and how the the mom's like a supposed to be a sex therapist and that's another good example of like what a sex therapist (laughs) doesn't do do. she doesn't go around touching people and saying (laughs) oh come on and it's not usually that flamboyant right right well that movie is uh out of control anyway so (laughs) (laughs) exaggerated (laughs) so we we we, we're so excited and happy that you came on today and we're definitely going to have you on in the future we're, yes. we're, we're hoping to have lily on mm-hmm. as a, a regular guest on our show That's where right. people can ask her questions about sex and um get your questions answered if people want to get in touch with you what what would be the the best way to do that sure you now uh, i have my email uh my government name <laughs> lialis reyes at gmail.com and that's I-L-I-A-L-I-S Reyes R-E-Y-E-S at gmail.com and then pretty soon my website will be up and running and it's basically the same ilialisreyes.com mm-hmm. um, So you do offer private consultations with yes. uh, individuals and couples then. Yes. yes. Wonderful. So she'll be you're based in Manhattan Yes. Right? Uh, yes in Manhattan Midtown. Midtown Manhattan so we encourage folks if Anything she said today resonated with you or you you could use a little help 
in that department certainly uh, give her give her a, a ring all right so um what you think of the interview babe? i thought that was great you know lily is um she's just as sweet as she is on camera as she is in person yeah she's a so sweetheart i'm glad um she came on and we were actually thinking um of making her a kind of a regular contributor totally. to the totally. show so definitely if you have any questions or if you have any issues that maybe she can uh-huh. um, give advice on be sure to write into us so what, what, what was your favorite part I think what really stood out to me was how similar Mm -hmm. uh, sex therapy can be to couples therapy. Reality, a lot of it is focusing on trust, intimacy, Mm -hmm. and friendship, and that comfortability. Mm -hmm. So I think I think that really struck a chord with me because you know our our, our focus is couples. Yeah, no, no, totally. It's it's like um, in order for that for for a couple to have a healthy sex life, Mm -hmm. there has to be a healthy relationship too. Yeah, definitely. Underlying it. I was really moved by when she was able to help that couple yes. who weren't able to have sex even though they were married mm-hmm. um, and she was able to kind of kind of slowly work them to a point where that was something that they were able to start doing and I was yeah. very moved by that. Yeah and I mean it, it took a lot of work but it was possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trauma that you know we bring with us into our relationships doesn't have to yeah. it doesn't have to ruin our mm-hmm. intimacy forever it's something that can be yeah. healed and uh, That's right. you know moved on from so I thought that was very touching also. Yeah yeah and kudos to the couple for mm-hmm. for for getting help for it because yeah. I think a lot of people would just kind of either not get help and maybe it would have been a become a yeah, big issue a big in their, issue. In their yeah. relationship definitely so the, kudos for them for getting help and, and overcoming that and i'm yeah. sure it probably made them feel even closer i bet yeah yeah without a doubt <laughs> yeah 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 so if you have any questions or if you need any advice for mm-hmm. our new resident sex therapist be sure to write us in Yeah.